welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I am your host, Serial Sensei. We are on episode number 157. As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and other platforms. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at Yahoo.com if you feel inclined to do so. Give us a look on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. And you can follow me on Twitter and Twitch at Serial Sensei. And you can follow my co-host also on Twitter at GC Zeus. And speaking of, as always, I'm joined with my co-host Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, not much. Yeah. Got a good night's sleep. Thank you, Blahovich and Jacare. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, I think they uh they helped us all catch some Z's. It was weird because I actually had just made a post, like, I feel like not too long before that fight started, about how I was proud that I, I fought the itis to stay up and watch this card. And then that fight happened, and uh, I can't really blame the itis. I don't know if it was really the itis. It might have just been, you know, probably 70-30. 70-30 leaning towards them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we all caught some quality Z's. But before we get started, shout out to the listeners. Hopefully you guys were able to stay up. Hopefully somebody was able to stay up and uh, make it through that main event. <laughs> but top listeners for the week, as far as cities go, number one, Oklahoma, Florida. Number two, Atlanta, Georgia. Number three, Brooklyn, New York. Number four, San Marcos, California. And number five, Salinas, California. So shout out to you guys. Appreciate the listens. Keep sharing with the coworkers, friends, family, uh, gym members, old people, KFC workers, and not Popeyes workers. Because Popeyes people have enough. Uh, they got enough going on. Movie attendants, uh, valet people, wherever you are, tell them to listen. Make sure they listen. Um. So, as far as what'll be going on today's show, a uh, quick rundown. Uh, we will. Briefly, or I'll briefly run through one championship, Age of Dragons. I only got a chance to watch two fights on the card, so I'll talk about those two fights and then I'll read some results. Um, briefly run through Bellator 234, because that was a thing that happened uh, on tape delay <laughs> for whatever reason, but, you know, Bellator. Bellator going Bellator. Uh, forgot to mention, of course, we'll do news and notes. Um, and then we will finish off with UFC Sao Paulo, which, you know, if, <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll get there when we get there. I'll, I'll leave that at that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just, I'll leave that at that. I don't even have a punchline right now. <laughs> but <laughs> to start things off, uh, what's on your mind? 
anything on your mind this week, Antaku? Any any pressing matters? Any non-MMA related happenings? We live in a hellscape of our own design, and we're all going to die. Hmm. That was that. That's the show, folks. <laughs> well, no. I, uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but apparently there's a new business in Delhi, in India. Um, that it's it, that's basically just selling oxygen to people because oh. the air quality there is so bad that they can get away with selling oxygen. I did see that. And then they had me thinking, that's no different than what they do with bottled water here. And I'm like, oh, it, it's all the same. Oh, man. That is... Yikes. Did, did it say how much, like, they're charging for the... I have, I have no idea, but since they threw the word bar in there, I'm assuming it's way overpriced. That is... It, that's nasty. They have flavored oxygen. This is disgusting. And this is in where where again? India? Delhi. Hold on, let me see if I can I gotta see if I can find this, man. Um Yeah, see that that was one of those headlines that I saw, but it was like too depressing to really click on. And yeah. I was just like, I I, I kinda don't I, I don't <laughs> I don't wanna read this. Um Crazy part is on a random uh side related halfway related note i used to joke that like we, we always have like this whole thing of we're, we're trying to go to other planets and set up shop on other planets and all that nonsense and i think it's crazy because we're just gonna mess up those planets like we do earth you know if we were to ever settle on mars or whatever well here's the thing I, I, and i have my own theory about this when they eventually do go to the space it, you know i, sh- I should say eventually because it's, it's not it's not a, a guarantee that we'll make it that far. But if we ever do go to space, I assume the only people who will be able to go are going to be like rich people, and they won't survive like a year on their no. own. No. Like they, they, none of them know how to do anything, <laughs> like remotely, uh, like compatible with like building a society, or you know, even just basically doing basic maintenance on themselves. All right. So like, the, the second the spaceship malfunctions, it's it's over. Yeah, Every, hell, everything could go right, but the second they like, like, the the second like, oh, our crop yields didn't turn out the way we thought they would, or hell, even when the harvest time comes and they're they're out there like trying to like I don't know, uh, harvest strawberries on Mars, like okay, who's gonna do that? Because none of them are gonna want to do it. And yeah. if they do, it's it's not like. Have you ever seen like a a strawberry like farmer, like not farmer, but like a, a har the harvest people, like them people are quick. Because if you're not quick, those things die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, they can't do that. They'll probably end up eating each other within like three months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you guys just uh, put it on a live feed somewhere. So uh... it's it's like Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I used to joke like they're gonna go to Mars and there's gonna be an oxygen bill. Like that's gonna be a thing. Oh hell yeah! Are you and kidding you, me? You're gonna pay the oxygen bill. They're just gonna like unplug your house and <laughs> you, you can die. Right, you're just gonna be on your own. That's that's gonna be it, man. 
that that is gonna be it. Um, mm. the world, man, scary place, scary, scary, scary place. Um, I don't even know how to follow that up. That's on your mind. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> a, a much more trivial, <laughs> very non-important compared to that. Um, on my mind for the week, um, just keeping a close eye on, on these, uh, these streaming wars, man. Uh, because we've, you know, we, we've been talking about, we, we've talked about Disney Plus on and off on the mm. podcast, like, randomly a yep. couple times. And, uh, Disney Probably they have, like, 10 million, com- uh, yeah. 10 or 11 million customers already. <laughs> already, out the gate. Like, yeah, it's, uh... The, the streaming wars are on, man, and Disney has come out. They got all the big guns. They got the tactical nuke. Um, they are ready to go. They are locked and loaded, and yeah, <laughs> like that first day Disney Plus came out, I'm not going to lie. My coworker uh, came over to my desk. So I wanted to just see what the app looked like, see what was on there. Um, I haven't bought it, and I don't want to buy it, but I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a bit enticed. Because I really do want to watch The Mandalorian. That looks like an amazing show. And I uh, saw Darkwing Duck was on there, and I got I got pretty happy. I love Darkwing Duck. Um, it is like your entire childhood just kind of wrapped in in one mm-hmm. app. Um, but I thought it was interesting because I feel like maybe a day or so after, I imagine that Netflix, you know, they had to have an emergency meeting because <laughs> it was like as soon as the streaming war started, like the war was almost over. You know, they had to come reload and retool. So now we have um, Netflix is going to be teaming up with Nickelodeon. Which is hilarious because Nickelodeon has one profitable, um, like, I guess two. Because, you know, they have the Loud House, but it's like Spongebob. That's the well, thing that keeps that's the thing that keeps the light on at Nickelodeon. Well, from what I understand, and I don't have the article in in, in front of me, but... I guess they'll have access to a lot of Nickelodeon's IPs, so it'll mm. allow them to either reboot them or re-release them. You know, they'll 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 have some options, I guess. Um, and one of the options I guess they're uh, doing. Speaking of SpongeBob, apparently Squidward is getting he's getting a spinoff. spin-off. Yeah, I saw that. So. It'll be, I'm interested to see what Netflix tries to, like, arm themselves with to kind of combat this uh, Disney Plus takeover. Well, um, so I, I don't know how closely you follow, like, Nick News or whatever, um, but there was supposed to be a live-action slash animated Rugrats movie that was supposed to come out in, like, 2021. So it would have like live action actors for like the adults and like three G or three yeah uh like three D animated children for like the kids, and they scrapped that the day after uh, that news came out. <laughs> so I'm assuming they're gonna do something with Rugrats. I mean, listen, man. I don't know if you're Nickelodeon. You got Squid. You got you got SpongeBob. You got Rugrats. You got uh, Hey Hey Arnold was Nickelodeon. Yeah, uh, they, they well, got a couple. Well, here's the thing: like, besides like people like me and you who like remember Hey Arnold, like who's gonna? They were gonna so they were gonna do a spinoff show uh, after Hey Arnold first ended with Helga, that was basically gonna be Daria, 
but they yeah, couldn't yeah. because that. they yeah because Daria existed, or it came out around the same time that the show ended or whatever. So maybe they do that. I don't know. They're, they're gonna have to do something. Well, they have they have this Nickelodeon thing in the bag, and then apparently um, HBO Max has a Cartoon Network. God, they got Cartoon Network. They have the Boondocks, man. Oh, Boondocks, <laughs> uh, another, I guess, Adventure Time miniseries. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's that's gonna be a thing. Oh, speaking of, real quick, cause I, we never mentioned that. R.P. John Witherspoon. Oh yes, R.P. R.P. Pops. Yeah, R.P. Pops, man. But, um, yeah, Netflix has Nickelodeon. Um, they got some stuff coming out with Eddie Murphy. Apparently, there's gonna be a, a Beverly Hills Cop four, so they're gonna have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna have to do. I mean, I can't Eddie wait Murphy till did. they reboot All Real Monsters. Hey. <laughs> if, I, if I'm at Netflix and I'm in the meeting room, like I'm normally, I, I'm not really a huge fan of remakes and reboots. But yeah, y'all gonna have to do something. Because uh, Disney, and I, I'll, I'll leave this at this, um, you know, still got to talk about this card I don't really want to talk about, but <laughs> I think the one thing that Netflix could have over Disney is that, like, Disney, it's hard to beat Disney because they appeal to, like, such a wide variety of people. Well, that, that and they just own everything. Yeah, that too. But I feel like, like, the one... Netflix is either going to have to corner, like, a lot of niche markets and mm-hmm. try to come back that way. And I think another thing they'll have in their, in their favor is that, you know, as it, good as Disney is and how much they own, you don't really go to Disney for a lot of, like, R-rated mature content. You know, because even most Marvel movies are, like, PG-13. Right. Pretty much most of them. So... Netflix can kind of, if they can at least produce good content, you, you kind of have the R-rated market. I'm gonna say to yourself, but you know Disney's not gonna, it's not gonna be a Disney hack and slash or a Disney movie where somebody's like getting their and they're gonna have, off. They're gonna have Deadpool three. Uh, 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 uh. Good luck, Netflix. I don't, I, try, I don't know. I tried to shoot y'all some bail. I, I think they. I'm not gonna say they can beat Disney. They can get themselves on some kind of footing, but they they're really gonna have to they're gonna have to come with the heat, man. Like you're gonna have to hope this Eddie Murphy thing pans out. Hopefully this Nickelodeon thing, you know, nostalgia is a thing. So I think the Nickelodeon uh, properties will help them a lot. Um, but yeah, y'all are gonna have to really, really, y'all had to really gear up, man, because uh, yeah, these streaming wars, boy, it's not looking like it's gonna be much of a war at all. But uh. We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. I don't want Disney to take over the world, so Netflix. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm pulling for y'all. I want y'all to do well. Um, but we'll see. We'll see, man. Uh, so that was what was on my mind for this week. So I feel like there's so much more I can talk about, but maybe so much more interesting than this card. It would. <laughs> it would. We got Stephen A. Smith going off on, on Kaepernick. We got. There's a lot. I feel like there was a lot that happened this week. Melo's back in the league, going to Portland, but the show must go on, sadly. <laughs> sadly. But news and notes. Um, so I normally, I broke my own rule 
Um, I said we would no longer list like 80,000 fights per episode, but the only reason I'm going to list a lot of these fights is two. Um, these are actually like really important cards to close out the year. Um, and I don't really have any other news stories. Uh, the one news story I'm going to let the Antakul have because I'm sure. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just let him hold on to that one. But um, so I'm going to run through this list of fights, which are quite a few, but uh, it's pretty important stuff. So, starting from the top, uh, UFC North Carolina. Shout out to everybody in North Carolina. I think this is their first, um, I think this is UFC's first time going there. Uh, it's um, the first time going to Rally. Rally, I don't, yeah. I don't know if they've been to Charlotte. All right. So, yeah, yeah. At least, yeah. At least the first time going to Rally. So, if you're in Rally, North Carolina, um, you will be treated to the main event, which will be Junior Dos Santos versus Curtis Blades. Um, terrified of that fight for some reason. Like, I'm scared for both of them. Mm. <laughs> like, I feel like it's a fight where I could realistically somehow see Blaze getting clipped and losing, but I could also see JDS, like, getting mauled. Yeah, and what was the last time we saw somebody shoot on JDS? It's been... and well, I didn't just say shoot. Somebody who would shoot, and it is like a legit, like, wrestler. Like, not a panic takedown because you got hit with, like, a three-piece. I don't know. It might it might have been a little, you know, but we'll we'll see. That's that's a really that's an interesting main event. I like it though. So that'll be your main event. Co-main event. Frankie Edgar making his bantamweight debut against none other than Corey Sanhagen. Um. Welcome to bantamweight, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Um. I'm leaning 90-10 that Sanhagen's going to wash him. I could be wrong. I could <clears> be completely wrong. But like, It's such a weird matchup. Like, there's... I, I won't say Frankie has to fight, like, the perfect fight, but, like, there's every... Like, it's one of those things where, like, he moved down in weight class because the champion was too long and, like, such a good mover that Frankie couldn't get a hand on him. And then they just do him, like, a lesser version of that. Right. And, like, to his credit, like, Sanhagen's shown that he can, like, dial back the craziness and turn into, like, a functional, like, points-winning game. And he can still hurt people. Mm-hmm. So, like... And keeps I, a pretty I, good pace at it. Yeah, like... <clears throat> um. So, I, I, I don't know... Um, what's to really expect? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning, like, same way you are. Uh, Sanhagen just, you know, keeps him on the outside and like clips him whenever he tries to move to the inside. Because thinking about it, like, most of the dudes Frankie's been able to beat, like, outside of Yair Rodriguez, who is unique in his um, I guess you could say his approach. Um, Frankie's kind of just been faster than. Like Jeremy Stevens, uh, or or faster or stronger than, and like he hasn't had to cover as much distance to get on the inside. This is this is like he's back at lightweight. Not only that, like he's not gonna have a speed advantage really over. No, not at all. And at his age, you know, every little advantage you need at you know at his age, every little advantage counts. So you're 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 already gonna be out, you know. 
like I said, dealing with the distance, the speed is going to be a factor. The new weight cut. Yeah, new weight cut. Well, I, I think he'll be, I, I would like to hope, he'll be fine with the weight cut. I just think, like, it won't. Will he, be fi- will he be fine with it, though, after he's been hit to the body, like, three or four times? That and kind of like we've been saying, like, this whole dropping down weight classes thing, like, <laughs> it's, Bantamweight is a really deep division. So it's not like you're dropping down and getting any easy, it's no easy outs, man. Like, right. It's, 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 every, it's, it's a pain, like, 50, 155 and lower, it is just a shark tank, just every direction you look in. And it's just, it's not going to get easier. Um, but I got to give Frankie some credit. He is Frankie Edgar. Dude is just, like, hella tough for no reason. Um, so I'm not saying he can't win, but uh, I don't think the cards are in his favor. But it's a, it's a nice little, I, I like that one-two punch from, from UFC Riley. So that, that'll, that'll be an interesting main event and co-main event. Um, at UFC 246, we'll have Macy Barber versus Roxanne Modafferi. And um, at, on February 8th, this event has not been announced yet, but we'll have Ovent St. Prue versus Ryan Spann, which I just envisioned some 205 shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> happening there, in that fight. Yeah, there's a lot of um, potential for not good. And that fight could range from not good to like poor OSP just getting murked. <laughs> or <laughs> I don't know. I have a big question mark on that fight. I don't know how that one's gonna go. I feel like that fight could range from anything from this is god awful to we might get an incredible finish. Somebody might get slept. The vomit is always around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen with that one. That's that's a that's the beauty of two hundred five. You you never quite know <laughs> what you're getting into. Um, and then real quick, uh, Bellator Japan and Ryzen Twenty have pretty much announced their cards. So I'm gonna run through these real quick. Some of these fights I think we've mentioned before, but now that they're completed, I just get the whole breakdown. Uh, Bellator Japan. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko versus Quentin Rampage Jackson. Michael Chandler uh, will be rematching Benson Henderson. Uh, we'll have Lorenz Larkin versus Kita Nakamura. Uh, yeah. Is it Lara Joanne? Versus Kana Watanabe. And Gordy Yamauchi versus Darren Crookshank. So that'll be Bellator Japan. So most of those, ah, most of those uh, outside of the main event. And what's Fedor sound to? Oh, no, no, he's Bellator. I forgot. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty much a uh, Bellator versus Ryzen card outside of the main event and co-main event. Um, I like the Yamauchi and Crookshank match. But that, that sounds like a pretty fun card. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And then Ryzen 20, um, man, unfortunately, we will not be getting the rematch between Kai Asakura and Kyoji Horiguchi. Um, Horiguchi unfortunately had to pull out of the fight. Um, Tore his ACL. Yeah, not good, man. Now, especially, I mean, for one, ACL in general is never good, but specifically for him, for, like, the way he fights, a lot of bouncing around, a lot of, like, in and out, like, explosive movements, that's going to suck. Um, so, well wishes, man. Re- really hope he's uh be, be able to come back strong after that one. Um, as of this recording, at least, uh, as, as, I, as 
from what I know, there has not been uh, an opponent named as a replacement. Um, but we'll we'll see. Keep you guys uh keep you guys noted on on what happens with that. Um, but elsewhere on the card, we'll have Ayaka Hamasaki versus Sohi Hum, uh, Johnny Case versus Tofik Musayev, uh, Patriki Pitbull versus Luis Gustavo, uh, Patrick Mix versus Yuki Motoya, and John Teixeira versus Makuru Asakura. So. Between Bellator, yeah, between Bellator Japan and Ryzen 20, um, pretty good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm liking these cards. These, these sound like a lot of fun. I still don't much care for Fedor versus Rampage, but you know, it is what it is. Like that's the rest of these. That's because you hate fun, Sensei. <laughs> Just, I get First it. First one, the land wins. <laughs> And that's that's literally gonna be that fight, like. That's every Fedor fight. God, like whoever gets off that first hook. If you Fedor connect, could be UFC champion, but he could also get knocked out by freaking, I don't know, um, Justin Ledet. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Endless possibilities. But uh, I you know what I, I can't complain too much because I, I really do enjoy the rest of that car. Really, both both of these cars are really good, man. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure, um, of course, really bummed out that we won't get to see Horiguchi, but um, I'm pretty sure they'll be able to find a, a suitable replacement. Get a uh, where's Manel Cape at? Get him in there. Or um, wasn't there somebody else Asakura lost to? Or has he not lost yet? I can't remember. There's some well, options. He, he, he lost a fight. Uh, uh, because he's like 13, 14, and one. So, but it might not have been. Uh, it was Jay Hoon Moon in Road FC. He he got knocked out. Um, okay, in the third round. But he Maybe beat him already. Okay. Yeah, it was the last. It was his last fight before he knocked out Origuchi. Um. Well, so there's some there's some options. I'm rising over. I, I can at least, if if nothing, depend on Ryzen. If if nothing else, they'll give me a fun matchup. Mayday. Is Mayday still fighting? Is he? I have no idea. He's a Bellator fighter. I don't know. They only have Bellator only has like ten bantamweights. So. Oh, yeah, get him out of there. Or just run the Manel Cape fight back. Because they fought back in... Oh, that was 2018. I don't know why I yeah. thought that was like a while ago. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. There, there are options there. There are options. It might be tension. Yeah. I'm at... I, I saw some rumors about that. Whatever it is, my, my faith is in rising. They'll, they'll pull through with a... They'll pull through with something solid. Um, so that's all I got for news and notes. A lot of good fight announcements, so... Uh, I know these last two cards... <laughs> between the UFC and Bellator have not been uh you know the greatest but I think we'll close the year on a strong note. So uh I'll uh, hand it over to you. I think you have probably the juiciest news story <laughs> of of the weekend. I don't know if juicy's the word I'd use for it, but like it's some galaxy brain like criminal shit. So UFC heavyweight Dmitry Sosnovsky um, was taken to custody along with four other uh, gentlemen in Moscow for abduction and extortion charges. Uh, 
Uh, hold up, because I even bother looking before. Has, has Solnovsky even fought in the UFC? Because, like, I remember he got signed, and then, like, for the longest time, we didn't hear anything from him because he couldn't get a visa. I don't know. I remember his name, so I want to say he fought, like, once, but I could be wrong. <clears throat> he got signed before Francis Ngannou got signed, if I remember right. Yeah, like, he's been around. Okay, he fought once in the UFC. Um, but he originally signed back in 2017, 2016, 2017, and he fought Mark Godbeer. But injuries and visa issues and all that good stuff have kept him out. So, uh, A UFC fighter was arrested in Moscow earlier this week on suspicion of kidnapping, according to reports. Sosnovsky was arrested along with four other suspects on charges of abduction and extortion. The decision was taken by Moscow's uh, court which ruled to detain the suspects for two months while investigation is still ongoing. I didn't know you could, like, put a thing on that. Like, you could just be like, oh, we're going to jail you, but for two months while we get everything straightened out. So he's just got to sit there while they, like... While they go through his shit and interrogate him and all that good stuff. Um, Well, the details of the alleged crime have not been disclosed. Uh, Sonofsky's lawyer... Uh, confirmed the news with Russian media outlets, stating that his client is indeed accused of extortion and abduction. He has been arrested for two months. There were five more suspects in the case. They're all in custody. They allegedly extorted about 300,000 rubles, which is about $4,662 from a representative of a commercial organization. So they, ro- so they tried to kidnap and extort somebody who works for a business and they only tried to get about $4,500 to split between six people. Hold on, how much? 40, like $4,600. Huh. So if you do the math on that, like... Oh, between six? Yeah, it's like $800 oh, yeah. a person. <laughs> I mean, it's a couple car payments, but, you know, I... I don't know, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that lick was worth it. Ugh. I mean... Uh, like... Just take a fight. Right. <laughs> Reebok at least give you 11-11. You know, something like that, maybe. Like... Maybe that was the money he needed because he wasn't, you know, he couldn't fight, so he needed money to, like, pay for the training camp. Like, it sounds more like this was, like, just some straight-up intimidation, and they thought they could make, like, a quick buck off of it. I don't know. I don't know. See, when you leave, uh, when you leave fighters alone to their own devices, they kidnap people, apparently. Yeah. I mean, he, dude, just dude, there's a teammate of um, Alexei Olenek, who, if we remember correctly, used an MMA organization as a paramilitary group for pro uh, for pro Russia like propaganda in the Ukraine or something crazy. Yeah, so that that was a thing. So you never know; this could be all political. Well, that plan got foiled. Six people, though, man. Somebody would have had to get cut out. Like, 800, that's all I get. <laughs> that's it. Uh, like I, maybe, I don't know. Like maybe $800 there will 
get him like fucking like he could live like a prince for like a month or something. Probably. I mean, I'm not saying I can't use 800, but what what did you say? What uh, the, like the maximum charges time he could get? Uh, it did not. Hold up, let me double check to make sure. Cause that would also factor in if this uh, this heist or kidnapping was worth it. Nah, it does not say. The only reason we know apparently is because his lawyer came out and said it. So. Well, well, uh, we'll keep an eye on that, I guess. <laughs> see, see what the, uh, but no, nobody got hurt, right? Anybody, uh? No, uh, it doesn't say. It does not say. Well, hopefully, whoever got kidnapped, hopefully you're, uh, you're okay. Um, yeah, getting, getting kidnapped, I imagine that's not a, not a good feeling. Not, not how you, uh, you don't wake up and envision that being a part of your day, so. Hopefully, whoever that is, hopefully you're good, but, uh... Yeah, like, um... What you gonna... Of course. Someone has to start blowing leaves. As soon as we record. <laughs> yeah, but, um... <laughs> but, like, yeah, I don't want to make a light of kidnapping, especially with what's going on with, uh, Walt Harris and his family. But, like... $800, man. Like that that just kind of tells me like he he does this shit for like he like he's about it you know what I mean? Yeah. I say for because for yeah eight hundred like that was he's about it but he's not good at it. Yeah, like the what's the word the uh you know what I'll be quiet. <laughs> bad bad joke was incoming. I'll I'll leave it alone. Yeah. Leave people alone, man. That's that's leave people alone, man. Stop kidnapping, kidnapping people. people. Yeah. We're gonna kidnap somebody. Get 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 the rich guys who like got the money though. I mean, apparently it was. I mean, it was a business owner or business representative. I'm assuming he had money. Maybe he like negotiated. He was like, I don't got like. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not really about it like that. I, I got money, but I don't like got money. Like. Right. Yeah. Well, that was a uh, that was news and notes for the week. Probably some other news stories, but we'll uh. We'll move on. So, as I stated earlier, uh, we'll be covering uh, for the dojo breakdown in terms of fights. One championship, Age of Dragons, Bellator 234, finish off with uh, UFC Sao Paulo. But real quick, before I forget, um, Ross Pearson made an MMA return. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He delivered us a one hell of a highlight. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Just, he wasn't on the good end of the highlight. Um, yep. But he's on there, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, I felt bad watching this, man. I'd, it's rough when you see... Ross Pearson literally just retired, like, I think, like, back in April. You know. No. I, I had a pretty solid career. was a pretty solid fighter. Never won a championship, but, you know, Ross, Ross was always cool for... A, he, he would give you some good scraps, man, so... No, I, I, I like Ross Pearson, um, but comes back from his retirement, which we all know MMA retirements are just kind of like not actually like a real thing. They're, yeah, they're, they're forgetting regional promotion, promoters to pay you more money to show up on their cards, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just When you retire in MMA, you just kind of take an extended break. But this wasn't even really an extended break. Like, he really just wasn't really gone for that long. Yeah, dude was out like 
boxing in the months he was gone. So it's not, it's not, it's not like he was not taking damage. Well, he might have took the last, uh, I think the last bit of the health bar uh, went to zero. Uh, so Ross Pearson showed up at an event. I think it was called like Pro Bellum, something like that. I don't know. It was an event a promotion I'd never heard of. Might, might have been a new promotion. I don't know. But uh, he faced off against a gentleman named Davy Gallon or Galone. I don't know if I'm saying that right. D a v y g a l l o n. But um, I didn't see the fight in whole. I just saw the KO, uh, which was a rolling thunder, and boy, oh boy, like we we've seen, you know, tensions out here. He throws rolling thunders a lot. You see him in the UFC. Every now and again, you get that wild guy who's just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna just throw this. But it doesn't often land. Sometimes they miss it. It gets blocked, or you might land it. It might graze somebody, but uh. Not often does it result in a KO. And, like, not only did this result in a KO, but, like, it was nasty. Like, it, it, he hit Ross with that rolling thunder, and somehow Ross's body, like, I still don't understand how he flew so far. Like, he was outstretched, outstretched. Like, not, not quite crucified, but, like, his body was just, it was reaching for something. I don't know. But he caught that rolling thunder. He fell all the way back, and he was just stiff. Just yeah. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. in retirement, just sit on the couch, man. Just, just, just. <laughs> sometimes that's the best option. Ugh. I. I mean. I'm done being sad when fighters don't want to give it up. I mean, you know the risk, but it's like... I don't think you ever really expect. <laughs> like, y'all, I'm going to get rolling thunder today. Like, uh, Should you not, though? I don't know, man. Life is cruel. Life can be really cruel and unforgiving. And, uh... Ross Pearson had to he, had, he he went through that so you don't have to go through that in the words of uh Jay Z. So uh Sad. Yeah. Next next time you're on the couch, um and you're in that retirement mode unless you absolutely positively just need another check, just sit just stay on the couch, man. But um relax. Enjoy yeah. life. Yeah. Enjoy life, stay with your family. I mean I'm glad I didn't watch it, but I'm assuming he uh Eventually got back up, so I hope he's okay because that, that was a nasty just fall and KO, and I'll get to another one of those nasty falls when at the end when we close out our fight recommendations. But ugh, you hate to see it, but it was a great highlight. So uh, if you're doing KO of the year, uh, if you got like got a little award show you want to do, or you're just trying to figure out what the KO of the year was, uh, go ahead and throw that in the basket as a candidate because. Uh, doesn't happen often. Does not happen often. And it, it, that was up there. That was up there. So, that was uh, Ross Pearson uh, coming out, retirement party not going so well. Moving on. Um, I'll hand it over to you for Bellator 234 since you were last, at least I think you said you watched the main event. Um, I did. I didn't see, yeah, I didn't see anything on this card, so I can't talk about anything. So, 
I'll hand this over to you. Alright, so the only fight I actually saw was the main event, um, because I literally could not bring myself to watch the rest of the card. Um, also, I, I didn't know it was happening uh, Friday night, or Thursday, I should say. Um, I, I, I completely forgot what's happening this week. But, that's beside the point. Uh, in the main event, we had Winter Vassell, who I did not realize had already moved up to heavyweight. Um, he actually fought earlier this year at heavyweight against... Uh, Valentin Moldavsky, um, back at Bellator 218. But he will here fought Sergey Karatanov in the main event of Bellator 234, um, beating him um, by second round TKO. Uh, just kept taking him down and beating him from the top as Karatanov basically did not have any answer to it. So he just, you know, turtled up and stopped fighting. I don't even think he was that hurt. I think he was just like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Barry paid me, so yeah. Um, so in the co-main event, we had uh, Roger Huerta, who I continuously forget is still out here. Fight Sydney Outlaw. Um, Sydney Outlaw took the unanimous decision. Aviv Ghazali versus Zaka Fatulia. Uh, I am garbage at that's names. A cra- no, no, that's a crazy last name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Looking at it. Fatula Zade, I'm gonna say. Um where's that flag from? Is that yeah, that's Azerbaijan. Um Ghazali won by Anaconda choke. Um we also had uh Austin Vanderford, uh Paige Van Zandt's husband, um continue his run through Bellator. Um he took a unanimous decision over Grachik Bozanyan. Um, and to round out the main card, we had Haim Gozali versus Arthur Pronin. And Gozali won by a heel hook. <clears throat> so, you know, good night for the uh, the uh, Israeli fighters on the main card. Um, not so much on the undercard. Uh, Siniad Kavanaugh uh, defeated former Bellator featherweight title challenger Olga Rubin via TKO in the second round. Um, she was basically out on her feet. She got pinballed around there. Um Robson, uh, Robson, Gracie Jr. Uh, he took a triangle choke submission win over Amir Bashir. Um, let me see. There was there was a wrestler on this card. Is it Ben Cohen? Is he the wrestler? Uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I'm looking at the rest of this card. I don't really recognize many of these other names. Yeah, Ben Cohen is a a Jersey wrestler. I remember that. Um, did he did he wrestle for Ryder? He might have wrestled for Ryder. Um, but apparently uh, he's fighting out of Israel now, and unless it's just a completely different dude, I'm just confusing my Cohens. Um, beside the point. Um, ben Cohen uh, took a submission win over Maxim. That's that Kachuk. We're going with Kachuk. And I'm not even going to bother with the rest of these dudes because unless you're from Israel and you're trained or you know one of these dudes, you're probably not going to know any, who any of them are. So, you you know, yeah. so I can't even tell you about the quality of the card. I, I can tell you about the how uh, how comical the main event was from a, yeah, this dude just stopped fighting standpoint. Vassell versus Bader. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's already happened. 
Oh yeah, yeah, it has. Oh no, he's got he's got to get through. Uh, where's uh, where, where's uh, old boy at? The other Russian dude who pissed me off in the Congo fight. Why can I not remember his name right now? Retired Yeah, 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 Menikov. He's got to get first shot, first crack. Remember so I can get his rematch. But that was a uh, Bellator 234. Shout out to Bellator with their uh, tape delays. <sighs> Not a real sport. <laughs> Not a real sport. 2019, we're still... I don't know. Somebody make it make sense. Cause I, I, I don't... Uh... I get I get why they do it. Because they, to Bellator, they're like most of... Like, the people who watch Bellator are not like Bellator fans so much as they are like people who watch Paramount or used to watch Spike and Bellator just happened to be on. Right. From what I can understand. So they're like, yeah, we don't really care if like all the MMA fans on Twitter are, um, know what's happening. Like, or pitchforks, pitchforks out in full force. Just, yeah. We're all we're all boycotting in front of the office. <laughs> like, yeah, I I don't get the tape delays, but Bellator going Bellator. Um, that was that. That was Bellator two thirty four. Um, I will briefly run through. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one championship, Age of Dragons. Um, I'll read some results and the fights that I did see. I'll comment on, which was only two of them. Um, but in the main event, uh, we had a kickboxing bout. Uh, this is for the 135-pound championship. Uh, we had uh, Elias Inachachi versus Wenfen Wang. Inachachi uh, won a five-round split decision. Didn't see this fight, so unfortunately I can't uh, comment on it. Uh, we had Roman Krakila probably said that wrong, uh, also kickboxing bout, uh, he defeated Tariq Cabez via TKO in round two, um, we had a Muay Thai bout, oh boy, all right, so this, this is the one I did, one of the ones I did see, uh, Jamal Yusupov versus Jatsin Klai, and, Yay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, for one, I forgot that, like, one was even having a card. And then when I saw it early in the morning, I I wasn't ready to start my day off with a highlight of uh, Yatsen Clyde getting uh, he got abused, man. Um, like the first round was cool, but like Yusupov probably won the first round. Uh, second round, uh, Yusupov just kind of was he just turned it up and he put some hands on Yatsen Clyde. He dropped him once. Yatsen Clyde got back up. Uh, Yusupov blitzed him, dropped him again. The ref started to do the count, and then Yatsen Klai rolled on his back, and then after that, the ref's like, nope, no more count, you're done. Um, yeah. Yatsen Klai got beat up, y'all. He got, uh, he got beat up. No, uh, no fluke, no... Nah, he, he just got beat up. So, shout-outs to, uh, Jamal Yusupov. Amazing win, uh... I feel like they mentioned it, but Yasin Clyde hasn't lost a Muay Thai bout in a while. I think. I don't know. But either they hasn't lost in a while or he hasn't been, like, knocked out in a while. But either way, great win for Yusupov. 
Um, also on the card, uh, Bo Ming got a KO win over Lara Balin in round one. Um, and uh, do do do. I'll skip around to the last two fights I saw. I think these were on the prelim portion. Um, Jeremy Miado had a nasty flying knee KO over Lee Tiao Miao. Um, dude just jumped, put his knee in the air, met a chin. And that was it. Um, go look up that highlight if you haven't seen it. It was a nasty knee KO. And also on the main card. And I'm mad at Twitter because y'all didn't. And I have a lot of people on my timeline who watch one. And nobody reminded me that Arena Bars was on this card. I forgot because I was really hyped for this last week. And then I got old man memory. I forgot it was a thing. Um, so I watched this this morning. Arena Bars has her first loss. Um, I'm calling shenanigans. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not feeling this uh, split decision that she dropped. I thought she took the first two rounds. Brewer did. Uh, I forgot to mention it was Urena Bars versus uh, Christina Brewer. Um, I thought Bars won the first two. Probably lost the third. Um, or at least the third. The third was definitely debatable. Christina um, definitely started to turn it up in the third. Was landing more combinations. Um, was able to push the fight forward a little bit. Uh, caught, caught bars with a couple of really good shots, but I thought the first two bars pretty much outworked her. Um, I thought I'll have to rewatch it. I could just be it could just be my Urena bars bias leaking out, but I thought Urena bars won that fight. But judges, whatever. Christina Brewer got a huge upset. I'm gonna call it a huge upset over Urena bars. Um, Kind of sucks. I wish they would have put Urena on the main card, but Urena um, Bars is still... Yeah, yeah, like, if, if you know who Urena Bars is and you know, like, her pedigree, you could have swapped out one of these main card fights for her. Like, she definitely deserves that. I, I Like, I know this was her debut and all, but, like, Urena Bars ain't no... She's not, like, some rookie prospect. Like, this is, like... She's, <laughs> like, a legend. Like... Well, like that, and you also have, like, the whole... Like, if you're... Uh, like and I like I, I know like the American audience isn't their primary audience though they are angling towards it being so um, in the near future like you're in a bar is probably more recognizable to like your average MMA fan than literally anybody any of those other kickboxers in the card. All right, because if like, nothing, somebody saw her fight with Cyborg and like, oh yeah, I remember her. Yeah, and they'll 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 tune in. Um, but. Sucks, man, that fighting ended the way it did, but um, it is what it is. Losses happen, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, Christina, ah, Christina Brewer got a split decision win over Arena Bars. Um, I won't really bother to read the rest of the card because don't know many of these people. Um, hold up, is Armin Petrosian Giorgio's brother? Uh, yes. Oh, oh, well, I believe so. If that is indeed his brother, uh, he lost to a gentleman named Enrico Kale. Kill. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Sorry. TKO. KO uh, slash TKO round two. Uh, but that was one championship, Age of Dragons. Like I said, I didn't really get a chance to uh, watch the entire card. I literally only saw two fights. Um, but normally the kickboxing fights and the top fights are pretty fun. So I, I, I feel good recommending this card if you have a chance to go rewatch it anywhere you can. Uh, go go check some of those fights out. So that was one championship. Age of Dragons. 
God we got to this card quicker than I thought. <laughs> yeah, like we we've haven't even recorded for an hour, have we? No. <laughs> we have not <laughs> We got to this card so quick. Alright, man. I mean I guess we don't really gotta drag this out any longer than it it needs to be. Um UFC Sao Paulo went down last night. Headlined by Jacare Souza and Jan Blahowicz. Um, I was very intrigued for this fight. Um, you know, seeing what Jacare would, how he would handle things at 205. You know, is it too little too late? Is he too old? You know, is Jan going to sleep him? Is Jacare going to be able to get a takedown? Just had a lot. Of, I had a lot of questions. This was an intriguing matchup for me. And I'm just, I'm a huge Jacare fan. So, I, you know, had, had my eyes on this one. And unfortunately, man, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I mean, and if, if you watch the card, I'm pretty sure you'll understand where me and the anti-cool are coming from. Um, probably the way we describe this fight is how we're going to describe like 90% of what happened on this card. There was not... This, this is the second week in a row where all of the best happenings went down on the prelims. If you watch the prelims, if you saw Krause versus Marais, if you saw Trinaldo versus Green, if you saw the Randy Brown and uh, Wally Alves fight. Um, That's really all you need to see, except for the Bronx. Right. Like, prelims, prelims had some, some good things going on. There were some interesting happenings on the prelims. As soon as that main car started, man, it just, everything just tanked. And then the Bronx brought us back to life. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too mad at the... Hua, Paul Craig fight. Wasn't great, but I, I, I guess my expectations, my expectations for that fight were really low. So I think I, I got more than what I thought I would get, so I was cool with it. But it just wasn't, yeah, this main card was not a lot to hold on to. And it makes it worse when your main event kind of turned out like this one did. So uh, Jacare Souza versus John Blahowicz. A lot of this fight was just... Uh, First couple rounds, first two, I get it. New division. Well, not new division. Did, hasn't he fought at, did he fight at, I feel like, did he fight at 205 before? Or is this really his first time? I, feel, I thought he fought at 205, like, back in the day. At least once or twice. I don't know, I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. A lot of this fight was... Jacare inching forward, trying to, like, faint, use head movement to get in. Blast the overhand right, shoot for a takedown. Um, I don't think he got any of the takedowns that he attempted to. Pretty much what would happen is he would... Alright y'all, we're back. Uh, internet does internet things. Um, I'm going to say that the internet just didn't want to hear about Jacare and Jan, so they just kind of... I'm going to say <laughs> Verizon Files is just bastards. I hate them. Yeah, that too. That too. I'm going to give me some homegrown internet. Let's <laughs> run some cords. Mm -hmm. Some cords and some, some uh, I don't know how it works. We'll figure it out. Just watch yourself on the power line. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, mm -hmm. DT, DT, yeah. DTP internet coming soon. Yes. There you go. But, like, you have to listen to an episode to, like, your internet had like we're gonna like time how much you listen to the episode 
They have to listen to the whole episode to to get access to the internet every single time. There you go. There you go. I mean, we got enough episodes, so you better listen, or no Disney Plus for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know where it cut off. So I'll, I'll just jump back into it. Uh, Jan Blachowicz and and uh, Jacare Souza. Um, a lot of this fight was Jacare blasting overhand right, shoot for a takedown that I don't think he ever got. Um, and they would just kind of end up just kind of stalling out on the fence. Um, and it's, it seemed like for the first couple rounds, that was just kind of like repeat. I mean, they they would stand and trade for, for moments. Uh, Blahowicz would throw, throw a couple of straight kicks down the middle, uh, a couple leg kicks being thrown here and there, but not really just... Not really a ton from each guy, but I was edging rounds to Jacare just because he was kind of pushing the pace at least uh, for the first three. But even then, even though this was a split decision to Jan, I, I guess I kind of thought Jacare won. But the fact that neither one of them really did anything too crazy the entire fight, like I can't even really, I'm not even like really too mad at it. Um, Jan kind of somewhat woke up in the fourth that was when he started to like plot forward a little bit um he landed a couple of good kicks he, he might have had a, a, a semi-decent flurry now and again but he was still unfortunately just at moments end up with his back against the cage just them kind of just stalling it out but in the fourth and fifth it was more of Jan pushing forward than Jacare but it just <coughs> bless you but there just wasn't there was like just nothing in this fight. Like, you, like the first, it was like the first two rounds were like feel out rounds, and then the rest of the fight was just a feel out. Like it, it, it never went past that. Like it just kind of, like I said, overhand right, shoot for a takedown, stall on the wall. When and then when when Jan's pushing forward, he's pushing the pace, but he's not really doing like a whole ton. He's just kind of like regaining control of the fight, but. There was not really much of anything significant during like this entire fight. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally have nothing like. I, I okay. How, um, how do we feel about Jacare at two hundred five? Um. <laughs> like. Well, all right, I, I don't know how much this really says. Um, he set the bar above uh, Wideman and, and uh, oh boy, uh, Rockhold. I, I'll say yeah. at least. He showed that he, he still, even though he didn't eat like any crazy shots, he, he still looks like he, you know, he still, I can't even think he's got power. He didn't rock Yon at all. But, <laughs> like, it's really hard to say because like nothing happened. Like he didn't look, t he looked bad in in the, he looked bad I guess because the fight was bad, but I can't say he looked bad in that like he's gonna. I don't know. I don't even really understand why I'm trying to explain. Like the fight was bad, so it's really hard for me to judge. Right. How so, he'll fare like, at two hundred five. Right. Um. That's weird because like. Blahovich is an actually good like heavyweight, like but at the same time I could see Blahovich losing to somebody like Johnny Walker. Because like 
Johnny Walker's just a freak athlete who can, like, do stuff like hit you with a flying knee if you dug down. Right. And, like, this fight showed that Jacare is not much... Well, I think he's technically fine for 205. Like, he's also an old man. And what happens if, like, he runs into a Corey Anderson type who he can't take down? Who hits pretty damn hard. Right. And will push a pace, unlike Blahovich. So it's like, uh... Like... Because this division isn't made up of, like, the Patrick Cummings and the, uh... And the OSPs anymore. It's made up of, like, I guess say Salas is still there, but you know what I mean. It's not made up of dudes who just try hard. Now, now they tend to be dangerous. So, yeah, it, it could spell trouble for him because if Jan is stuffing your takedowns, and no this to Jan, but you can't have these kind of fights against like the the top guys. Like, kind of like you said, he fights anybody that puts on the pace a little more. And like I said, it's kind of hard to say because, like, neither one of them really pushed the pace. So I really feel like we didn't get the best of either of them. So it's it's kind of hard for me to really judge what will happen. I mean, I, I do feel comfortable saying he, he's not winning the belt. He's not beating he's not beating a Jones. He's probably not beating a Reyes. I don't – I love Jacare. I don't even know if he beats, like, an Uzdemir. Like, not fighting like that. He he he's not he he's not being a news to me. Um Yeah, just not a good not a good showing from either of them. And it really sucks for Jan because he has kind of been like an overlooked guy who has put on like good performances in the past, but this is not the kind of fight that'll make people like excited to see you in a title fight. Um I don't know. Yeah, just that fight was just meh. It was just a lot of meh. Not a lot of nothing. Whole lot of meh. <laughs> it was bad. The 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 Brazilian fans um in the background with like doing like the phone the whole light show with their phones was pretty cool though. That was nice. I did notice that. I didn't know what that do they do that all the time? Yeah, I think they're just bored. They were, yeah. It was something. They were in unison, so <laughs> like they, it, it seemed like they all had an agreement. Like I I don't know. Maybe they were trying to I don't know what it was. No, it did, it did look cool, though. It was much cooler than what was going on in the octagon. But um, I, I'll hold out the verdict on Jacare at 205, but I'm not going to get my hopes up too high. Um, but I'll, I always support because I'm a huge fan, but I'm just, I'm going to, expectations are definitely just lower. Just, I'll, I'll just see what happens. I'm not expecting too much. But Yav Blahovich got a split decision win, nonetheless. Uh, moving on to the co-main event, <laughs> Mauricio Shogun Hua and uh, Paul Craig. Um. <laughs> <sighs> that was depressing. So, like, I, is it fair to say that like Shogun just doesn't have like that pop anymore? Yeah. Like he, he still obviously can hit pretty hard, but like. There's no pop on his punches. It's more like somebody like slowly meandering towards you with a battering ram. Like there's no type of explosivity on any of them. 
And Paul Gregg should be mad that he ate any of them because they were cut. Like, I, like you can see them coming from a mile away. Um, yeah, he, but he beat the shit out of Shogun that first round. <laughs> he had spinning back kicks. Spinning, I think did he throw like a spinning wheel kick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a, he had a lot going on in that first round. And then. In the most baffling move ever, he decides to play bottom game for two rounds and gives up a win because of it. Yeah. And it, it <laughs> I get it because, you know, if you've seen Paul Craig fight, you know, the man, man, he, he, he'll pull off a Hail Mary from his back. But as, uh, as old as Shogun is, you know, not not the same guy he used to be. Maybe lost a, a hint of explosiveness here and there, but still pretty competent on the ground. Like he he's his his shortcomings isn't like he's like a. I think we've said it before. Like he he's still a really competent two hundred five er. He's just not durable. Yeah, it's not physically all there. Yeah, yeah. You know, as expected of somebody who's fought as long as he has, and you know. I, and I, maybe it's because they're just a, a higher quality of wrestler than in the. There was a higher quality wrestler in the UFC's like 205 division than there was in the Pride 220 division. But like Shogun's. He, he got known as like a dangerous striker, but like Shogun's always just been like a. Like his one skill set to me that really carried him in Pride was oh, I'm losing on the feet. I'll hit a takedown. And then proceed to soccer kick them from the top or stomp <laughs> at them. Like he is, uh, like he, when he wants to be, he's a very competent takedown artist. Like he is really dangerous from the top. Like it's what run, it's what won him the first fight with Lil Nog in that fight with Overeem. Like Overeem was beating his ass, and then all of a sudden, Shogun hits a takedown on him. It starts stomping on the man, and then like it changes the complexion of the fight. And. So, Say so we saw in this fight, like when he got on top of Craig, especially in that uh the the second round. Yeah. Like he was landing, he was he was going for some violent ground and pound. He was not just trying to like oh, I'm gonna just sit here. Like he was. I I'll commend him for that. Like he might not have the explosion as he once had, but he was actually still going for it. You and... can still throw ground and pound. Like he still hits hard. That's not that's not a question. Yeah. Throwing ground and pound, like passing guard. Like he wasn't having none of those games, Craig. You know. Forget throwing up your legs. I'm going to pass your guard. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. And I'm not mad at Craig doing it, I guess, the first time because, you know, I get it. You've, you've, you've gotten off a couple of Hail Marys, so why not, you know, see if you can pull something off. But I, I think after a while, Shogun pretty much showed that he, like, you're not just going to have your way with me on the ground, and you probably shouldn't just stay on the bottom. Um, Shogun got him down, kept him down, was able to control him really well, landed some nice ground and pound. Um, and then the third round, I, I think in the third round he didn't um, he didn't really land as much ground and pound as he did in that second. He was probably he, tired of shit. Yeah, yeah. You could tell he was a little he was a little winded. But he still was able to just kind of hold him down and pretty much control him. And then they had, um, at the very end, they had a, a pretty decent exchange. Um, when they finally got back to the feet, they both landed a couple of, of good shots. 
I, I for some reason I, I should have known because it was the last round and they were tired. But um, he caught Craig with a, I thought I thought it was like a nice right hand, but he was tired, so it probably didn't have as much pop as I thought it did. Mm. Craig just kind of kept walking. <laughs> He's kind of walked through it. Yeah. Um. But they, yeah, they had a nice little exchange at the end. Um. And then somehow this ended in a split draw. Um. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, like to be honest, I could be in an uproar, but I was like, eh, do I really care? Like, eh. I mean, this stopped Shogun from going five and one in his last six and like throwing his name into title contention, so I'm good with it. Because <laughs> Shogun is prior to this fight, he was four and one in his last five, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, props to uh, the judges. They're right. <laughs> but I just, if you're Paul Craig, man, you just, you got to feel like, man, you kind of let this one, you let this one slip. Like, I, I feel like the second round, all right, he got me down. I might not have expected him to do as well as he did on top. That third round, you should have just been on the feet. Because, like I said, that first round, he was beating the brakes off of Shogun. Um, but... It's MMA, more importantly, it's 205, and we know 205 is just shenanigans central, so it it is what it is. It, it is what it is, so split draw. Looking Paul Craig should be just kicking himself in the ass for that one. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of those. That's definitely one of those. That you you, you kind of know you let that one away. You let that one slip. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking forward to the rematch. <laughs> Running back. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah. Split draw between uh, Shogun Hua and Paul Craig. Uh, moving down to the one fight that collectively I think a lot of us were looking forward to. And it ended in a, a exciting fashion. And it brought some life to a card that really needed just life and oxygen and excitement. Something. <laughs> just, just anything. Uh, Charles Dubronx, Oliveira. Versus Jared Gordon. Um, Jared Gordon was the largest underdog on the card. Um, put up a valiant effort, but yeah, um, I got to start putting some respect on Dubronx's name, man. Uh, I remember watching like his first UFC fight, and I, I can't remember who it was against, but I think he, cause I think when he came in the UFC, he was like 21. He was Not like. Even. It was he was like nineteen twenty. He was really frail. Just like if you just looked at like his body shape, he was just this really frail kid. Um, you could tell that it was gonna take time for him to really grow into his body because it was like he just looked really just you know like if you caught him with a rib shot he would just fold. Um, but even back then, like you saw for how young he was that he had a lot of talent. Especially, like, the submissions have always been on point. The jiu-jitsu has always been good. Um, but his striking has really come a long way. Um, it's really come a long way. Like, Especially recently. Yeah, like, th- these last probably, like, two to three, he's definitely taken a leap with his striking. Like, he, he landed a lot of solid, um, a lot of solid leg kicks, really fast leg kicks, too, like. He gets the leg kicks off really well. He's able to string together some some decent combinations with his hands. Um, 
he has a lot more pop <laughs> now that I feel like like he's a bit more confident with his striking. Um, and, you know, I thought Jared Gordon was doing a decent job. He just, he got caught kind of rushing forward. He tried to, uh, I think he tried to move forward with a jab, and he got caught with that, uh, that overhand that right. Yeah. yeah. Walked right at, like, he came in behind the one one two, but, like, he, I guess he, like, he, he was straight up and down, so, like, he didn't, like, have the field of vision to see that the Brocks had, like, angled off and was getting ready to throw that right head and just cracked him clean with it. Like, poor Gordon, like, he's one in three in his last four, and all three have come by a stoppage. Yeah, he, he got caught with that hook, got dropped to a knee, went to, like, just kind of get back up and get his footing, got caught with an uppercut the second he stood back up. And just, that was it. Um, mm-hmm. But great, great win for Bronx, man. He is really, if you've just been following his career, man, it's it's really awesome to see how much better he's gotten. And you can tell, like, he's definitely, this, you know, this this is his prime now. Like, he's, he's really, like, hitting his stride. Um. How do you feel about the call-outs? He called out Conor McGregor. Um, who else? And uh, Paul um, Felder. Paul Felder. Okay, like, Paul Felder, I get. Um, Conor McGregor is like, come on, man. Like, they, they won't give you a top-ten opponent. They're not going to let you fight fucking Conor McGregor. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard that call-out. I was like, you know, I get it, but, yeah, you know, you ain't get that one, buddy. But I feel like we can say this about a lot of guys at 55, man. You got We got to start giving these these young guns some. Uh, I say young gun, but I feel like I've been watching Dubron's fight for like a long time. But like you said, it's because he came in so young. But he, especially of those guys of that pack at 155, who are kind of on their runs now, he's probably I would say the one that the most that deserves a big fight, like. He's had a, a couple notable names before that he's come up short against. But I think we've clearly seen that he's improved his game. Um, and I, I think it's time. He, he needs a top 10, top 15. What this, A name. Give, give this man a name. He, he deserves it. He definitely deserves it. Um, but, but we'll see. Yeah, you're not getting that Conor fight, though, buddy. Uh, hey, I'd be down for uh, uh, Kevin Lee versus the Bronx. Yeah. Why not? I'm down, yeah. I'm down for Kevin Lee versus the Bronx. I'm down for any anybody in the top 10, 15 at this point. Just give give the man a fight, man. He he deserves the chance to prove if he can hang with like the elite elite of this division. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Congrats to the Bronx, man. Amazing performance. You had the best thing that happened on this card. Um, <laughs> you brought life to a card that really needed it. Because everything, at least on the main card, before and after you, did not really do much. Um, so moving on. Andre Munez versus Antonio Arroyo. Um, I don't remember this fight. <laughs> I- all I remember thinking during this fight was, uh, who who was in charge of the sequencing of these cards? Because this is, uh, 
Apparently, so these guys are from the Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series, Brazil version, I believe. Um, is that right? I think so. That's stupid. Yeah, like this. This was definitely a prelim, and no disrespect to either of them. Pre- but... This was a jungle fight prelim. <laughs> like this should not have been on a. A main card. And if... I, I feel like I might be mixing this fight up with the first one. But I remember... And y'all excuse me. Like, to be honest, these first two fights on the main card were... If they were prelim fights, I probably wouldn't have cared so much. But to kind of start the uh, card off with these two, it was not really a great experience. So I might be mixing this fight up with something else. But I feel like there was... <laughs> there was a point where, like... Uh, Arroyo was clearly, like, not winning these grappling exchanges. And he was losing a pretty good bit of the fight, just getting taken down a lot. And Munez really just kind of working his grappling on him. And I remember at one point, um, like, you got to know going into the third that you're kind of losing this fight. Like, you haven't really... You, you had mild success on the feet, but you pretty much got out-grappled the entire fight. And... He, Arroyo was really content with, like, there was one point where he managed to get back up, and they're kind of playing the whole game of, you know, do I jump back into his guard, or do I just let him up? And he wasted so much time just kind of, I don't know if I'm going to his guard, I don't know if I'm going to throw some ground and pounds, like, bro, you're losing this fight, you need to hurry up and kind of figure out uh, what you're going to do, because I don't know if you've been paying attention, but you haven't been winning. Um, and he ended up losing. So that was that. Andre Munez got a unanimous decision over Antonio Arroyo. I don't have much of a a breakdown. It just it was a fight that happened. So I was watching the Knicks Charlotte game at the time, um, and then I looked down at the computer. I was like, "Oh, the fight started!" And then I saw one of the dudes run like straight up sprint, Alexander Gustafson style. <laughs> from one side of the cage to the other. And I was like, okay, this is not for me. <laughs> and I stopped paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, this fight wasn't it. Uh, Munez got that win, and then rounding out the main card, we have Wellington Thurman versus Marcus Perez. Once again, another fight that had it been on the prelims. You know, and and it, this wasn't like a bad See, fight, I was, it, this fight was fine for me. Like, it wasn't even bad. It was just like an old-school middleweight fight. Right. Where, like, you got two guys who literally all they know how to do is throw, like, the big strike. And then they spend, like, a lot of... like, And then one of them wants to take the other one down. So they spend a lot of time in the clinch. But, like, to Thur- Thurman, Thurman's credit, like, he was throwing in the clinch. Like, dude had, um... Dude had him tied up from behind... It was throwing knees to Perez's head, which I can respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man's trying to inflict some violence. And he he had a really good pace this entire fight. Like he was, he was with the smoke. I I I, I respected that. He was definitely with the smoke. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting these fights mixed up. I cannot. <laughs> these first two fights were such a blur for me. Um. Because I can't remember, was was this the fight where, like, 
Thurman would go for a takedown like really relentlessly and like Perez was being very lackadaisical about getting away and he'd get taken down again. I can't remember if that was this fight or the Muniz fight. It might have been the Muniz fight. I, I believe that was the Muniz fight. Yeah, that, yeah, that might, because that was really bugging me. Like, <laughs> you know he's taking you down and you just kind of like, you're just asking to get taken down again. But no, nah, Wellington Thurman, like I said, no, nah, he was a, uh, he was definitely bringing the smoke. And I, I, I enjoyed the pace. Like, he, he set a pretty good pace. Um, it, it was a, it was a solid, like scrappy, middleweight fight. Um, yeah, I wasn't too mad at this. It was it was cool. It was it was okay. Um, I don't remember particulars, but no, nah, I mean you don't have to. It's, it wasn't a good fight. It was not a good fight. Or I'm sorry, it wasn't a good card. The fight was fine. The card was bad. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of things were just kind of it was just kind of a blur. Um, but no, I, I, I'll give a shout out to Wellington Thurman though, because I think this was his debut. I want to say, um, and it was it was a good it was a solid performance. Like he, he's somebody who I wouldn't mind seeing him fight again. Um, I'm, I'm all down for just really scrappy, just scrappy violent dudes. And he, he seems like he kind of fits that mold. So, congrats to Wellington Thurman. He got the unanimous decision win over uh, Marcus Perez. And that was the main card. Um, like, if you didn't watch it, to be honest, watch the Bronx and Jared Gordon fight. Anything else, you can just see a highlight reel. And even the highlight reel is honestly not really going to show you much because not much else happened. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was one of those main cars that just, you didn't really get a lot from this. Um, it's not, like, it, there was never a lot of, like, weight behind any of these fights, except the main event. Um, so, like, you, you, you'd hope at least to get the action, but there was not a ton of action. But, uh, there was a lot to be desired after watching this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was the main card. Uh, prelim Spotlight. Um, I forgot, did you, you said, did you get a chance to watch any of the prelims? Or? I watched them all. You watched them all. Okay. All right. So, Prelim Spotlight is cool. Um, can't talk about every fight, but there are definitely some performances on the prelims worth, um, highlighting so no I'll, I'll let you kick it off well who you want to shout out for the prelim spotlight uh yeah shouts to um uh randy brown uh worley alvarez uh fun fight um i don't think it was the type of fight either guy wanted to have it, um well i, I well, let me preface this. i think alvis got the fight he wanted he just couldn't do enough with it to secure the win early um but I don't. I definitely don't think this is the fight Randy Brown wanted to have, where he's on like he. So he goes out, he throws a kick, he gets instantly taken down by Alves. Spends the rest of the first round fighting Alves off. Gets almost gets rear naked choked um, a couple times. Um, his man it manages to reverse position at the end of the round. Um, comes out in the second. Uh, it's pretty clear Alves is tired. Hits him with a flying knee. Tries to follow up with a head kick. Um, instantly gets taken down again. But Alves throws himself 
like lazily into the guard of Brandon Brown and gets caught in the triangle show and is unable to get up um, and is forced to tap out. Um, so I don't think that was the type of fight Brown wanted. It just so happened to play out in his favor because he's so freaking long. And um, so, you know, yeah, like, like he, he has a good gas tank on him. So, um, yeah, like, it's really weird. Brown's like, uh, he got known as like a, like a striker on the regional scene, but he was always like a, it always kind of felt like his jujitsu game was the thing that got him wins. Um, but like, he, he seems to be more comfortable grappling and I'm not sure if that's a good thing moving forward, but it was enough to get him the win here. Um, you know, you probably should be spending a whole lot of time on your back, especially at welterweight, where literally like everybody in the top ten can wrestle really well. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it was a fun fight. Brown, this is two big wins in a row for Brown uh, after that Nico Price loss. Uh, he goes out there, he outstrikes uh, Brian Barbera, he comes out and now grapples Warley Alvarez. So, you know, good win for Brown. Um, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with him next. Feels like he's finally coming to his own as a fighter. Um, so there's that, and um, yeah, I'm gonna let you do the next one. We'll do one and one because I want to take your two, uh, your two if that was one of them. Um, I'm trying to figure what two. One, one of them is not really a shout out. I just have a question. I'm gonna save that one for last. So. Um, I'll give a shout-out to uh, Bobby Green and Francisco Trinaldo. Trinaldo, 63 years old, still out here winning fights. Mm-hmm. In my mind, he's 63. I don't care what any of you says. I don't care what the tail of the tape says. <laughs> the man is 63. <laughs> but, um, nah, man, like, it, it kind of sucks because I felt like Bobby Green at moments looked really good in this fight. Um, like, it's, it's really unfortunate that Bobby Green's best technical skill set is that he's a counter grappler so if you like if you try to take him down he can stop you if you try to submit him he can you know reverse position and almost submit you but he lacks any type of like aggression yeah he just he would have good moments on the feet he could counter well but you would just it's like you just gotta put your foot on the pedal just a little more and that that's why i was not uh I saw some people going back and forth about this decision, and that was the only reason I couldn't really be mad is because I, I felt like he just, this fight was too close for you to, like, you didn't make the rounds, like, definitive enough. So I couldn't be mad that they gave Trinaldo the nod. And props to Trinaldo, because, like, even at his age, he's not, the dude's never an easy out, man. Like, he is a really solid, just really well-put-together fighter. Um, and he, he's never going to give you an easy out, even at 63. <laughs> he still, he can still throw hard, he can still grapple, like, he, he's still pretty competent, like, you're not just going to go out there and just bully Trinaldo around. Um, but it was a good fight, I was, I had that fight circled, and I was pretty entertained, so, uh, shouts to Trinaldo and Bobby Green, um, my next fight, I'm gonna, I'm, this is like a shout out slash. I don't know if I'm a hater. <laughs> if I'm being too harsh, uh, the Arian Lipsky versus Isabella uh, De Padua fight. Um, am I a hater? 
or off by saying uh, like I'm I'm glad Lipsky won. I was happy she won. But I wasn't like it was not good performance. Yeah, like I was it was missing something. Like she comes out the gate, like she came out the gate on fire, like out the gate hands flying, 10 piece, <laughs> 10 piece flowing. I'm like, "All right, Lipsky. I like this. You know, obviously like your last couple fights, people have probably been pretty critical of you." Trying to come out and make a statement. I respect it. But it just it just felt like the fight was just like missing something. And it just... I was envisioning... Because like context of this fight, like Isabella took this fight on how many days notice? Uh, 28 hours or something like that. Less yeah. than two. And I'll say, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with Isabella. So she could be really good, and I just don't know. I don't know her background like that. So I, that's why I said I don't know if I'm being a hater, but I'm like context considered. Twenty-eight hour notice, and not like we haven't seen fighters come in on short notice and really just you know. I don't know if my expectation of Lipsky are just too high, but I would just I felt like this like every time the fight went to the ground, all I could keep thinking of was, if you were fighting somebody not named Isabella. You might have. This might have been one of those fights where you had a fire start and then you got put out like quick. Yeah. Like, but I just I feel bad because she won and I'm really happy she won. But I'm just I'm still just I still have a question mark by her. I just, mm-hmm. I'm still I'm not I'm not so and I want to be I want to be sold so bad and I, it's just something is stopping me from really just fully. She fully does the- getting behind her. She does not put herself in the best positions to win fights. Like, she got, uh, like, obviously she got taken down a bunch here, but, like, there were instances where she reversed position, and she just was like, you know what, I'm just going to chill out on top. It's like, okay, you can force her into a grappling match, but that's not her strength. Her strength is, you know, the kickboxing. And, like, even when it comes to the kickboxing, like, her kickboxing needs to her getting taken down because, like, she likes to plant her feet and just throw bombs. So, it's like this weird chain of events where it's like, oh, if her opponent really wants to, they can just goit her into a, a, a grappling match where she will have less of an advantage every single time. And she has no recourse for how to stop that. Really bizarre. Yeah, it's like you see the talent, but it's like there's still I don't know if it's the gym, something there just to for me. I'm only speaking for me. Just isn't. I feel like there's something still not clicking. Like, like she's like one or two steps away from becoming like a really really solid. Like, oh, she might actually be serious. But I just I can't fully get on the bandwagon yet. But I'm still rooting for. Her. I don't want that to get misconstrued. I'm rooting for, her, but. Need a little, little more. Um, guess all that's uh, got any more shout outs? There were a couple of other performances. We don't got to highlight all of them. And um, uh, it's not so much a shout out. Um, wait, am I forgetting one that I actually want to talk about? Or put uh, on. almost finished Kraus and Marais, which was uh, yeah, that's the one I was going to talk about. But like, I was like, there was one other. Oh, it was the. Green fight you talked about. All right. Yeah, no. Um, James Krause, Sergio Moraes. Moraes remembered that he was a grappler for, like, the first five minutes of the fight. 
and then just completely and utterly gassed. So that was funny. <laughs> um, and then James Cross spent the last two and a quarter round just beating the crap out of him. Uh-huh. And Sergio Moraes, in true Sergio Moraes fashion, reacted to every single punch Cross would land on him very funnily. Either he'd get hit, turn, and run away, he'd get hit and act like he was just dying, <laughs> or he just fell down and laid and like laid down, hoping that James Cross would fall into his car. Yeah. yeah, he had a couple of running man moments. <laughs> yeah, so that was funny. Props to Kraus, I guess, because Sergio Moraes, though I think he's, I think he's fading with age because he is not a young man. He is thirty-seven years old. Um, he is still a competent. Is, is that the word I'd use for him? He, He's still a value win at 170. Maybe not as much as he used to be, but... Um, you know, not, this was an odd fight, even on paper. Um, yeah, yeah. Weird, weird matchup. I spent this whole fight waiting for the finish. Like, Kraus, please, just string together like a four-piece and get, get this guy. He's just running and flopping all over the place. Like, please, but, get him out of here. Yeah, it's so weird. Kraus, I'm surprised no. he didn't attack his leg a lot more, too. I think he just didn't want to, like, risk him catching him and taking him down. But, um, yeah, Carlos 4-0 at, um, at, um, welterweight. Um, I'm, I, I want to know what the ceiling is on him. Uh, uh, like, he's he stopped his last two opponents, and they're, in theory, the last two opponents he's faced at 170, and Worley Alves, and Sergio Marais, so, um, I don't know, maybe you do Randy Brown. Maybe you do the winner of uh, Tim Means and, uh, crap, who's Tim Means? Uh, Tiago Alves in yeah, a couple I like, weeks. I'll say, I, I really like Kraus and Means, if Means win. I like that, that. That is a battle of two dudes who have seen the worst the Midwest has to offer. Right. <laughs> I, like, I like that fight a lot. I'm, I'm definitely down for that. Um... No, I like Cross that welterweight. He doesn't have like a ton of like, like he's not like a power puncher, but when he can get flowing, he can string things together. Like he has really, really good volume. Um, but no, that that was a good fight. Um, but like I said, the, the the prelims were pretty good. I'll just read through the results. Uh, uh, Ricardo Hamos had a rear naked choke over Eduardo uh, Garagori. Um, that was also a good fight. It didn't last that long, but. Uh, really nice choke from Hamos. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Trinaldo got the unanimous decision over Bobby Green. Uh, Randy Brown got the triangle choke over Wally Alves. Uh, Douglas Andrade uh, for, further yeah, further sends uh, Henan Burrell's career to the downward spiral. That is now six in a row. Um, I believe Burrell hasn't won a fight since he beat Felipe Nova in like 2016. Something like that. But uh, Douglas Andrade in his hair got the unanimous decision win. Uh, Arian Lipsky got the unanimous decision over Isabella de Padua. Uh, and shout out to Tracy Cortez, who got a win over Vanessa Mello. Um, I was going to shout out that fight because of the backstory and everything. Um, she had a lot going on. A whole lot going on. But shout out to Tracy Cortez. She got her win over Vanessa Mello. But that was UFC uh, Sao Paulo. Um, all in all, not really, 
<laughs> Very uh, mediocre experience, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, Must-see moments of the card. Du Bronx, Jared Gordon. Um, watch Randy Brown and Worley Alves. Watch Ronaldo and Bobby Green. Uh, just, <laughs> just watch the prelims and then watch uh, Du Bronx and Jared Gordon. Everything else is highly optional. Mm. Uh, highly optional. Um, that's pretty much it <laughs> for fights. Not the uh, not the best weekend in fights. Um, in fact, I'd argue it's a bad weekend for fights. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't really a whole, and it, it's hard for me to judge. I, I wish I would have saw the one card, but I, even that might not have even been able to save. Uh. I feel like the good didn't outweigh the bad. Like, I was... There were some things I was happy about. I'm always happy for one card. Um, I'll get to it in a little bit when we close out. But I was really happy that LFA was back on Fight Pass. Um, that was... I was really happy for them and glad to see. I saw a lot of people on my timeline who were able to, like, watch that card who, you know, previously may have, maybe they didn't have access TV. So that was cool to see. Like, a lot of people were really looking forward to LFA. So that was dope. But, like... Bellator card, like, on top of it not really being, like, a great card to begin with, the whole tape delay thing, it's like, eh, like, what is this? And Sao Paulo had promise, like, there were a lot, there were some decent matchups, but just nothing really, you didn't, you didn't leave with a whole lot to hold on to. Like, the prelims were entertaining, but when it came to that main card, boy, it was just a lot of, a whole lot of nothing. Um, yeah, not, not the best weekend fights not not a whole lot to hold on to um it'll probably be one of our shortest episodes ever <laughs> it has to be our shortest i don't think we've been doing this for two hours no uh, if we have well the time got thrown off when we had uh, the whole files incident but yeah we might not even crack two hours uh but like i said i wanted to do this new format of the show so we could kind of get episodes in and out kind of quicker it makes them easier to record easier to edit and easier for you guys uh to listen to every week and like i don't i don't want to keep people for long if there isn't like a whole lot like some weeks is great and we can sit here and talk and have fun for forever because everything went well and then some weeks just kind of you know <laughs> not, not not a whole lot happened um but you know we still got to come in every week at least give you our takes but that was it yeah. um, so and i forgot to take notes for this so I'm going to have to do this in real time. But uh, upcoming next week. No, no. Oh, no, this is the break, right? I mean, there's no UFC next week. There's no UFC next week. Let me check and make sure there's no other MMA. Uh, I think one has a card next week. The 22nd. Yeah, it's going to be Amir Khan versus F. Ting. That's yeah, the co-main event. I guess they're doing a tournament? Uh no, Nang O guy uh Nango versus uh Saima Pet Saima Petch. Okay, so you got that next week. Well, oh hold up. So you got one next week. Um Bellator London is next week. Uh true, true. Uh, yeah, on the twenty third. So on this card, uh it was supposed to be M V P versus Derek Anderson, but Anderson had to pull out. So we'll have uh M V P versus a gentleman named Giovanni Malello. 
Um, and then also on the card, you got Fabian Edwards versus Mike Shipman, Terry Brazier versus Sorenbach, Charlie Ward versus Petro Panini, Denise Kilholtz is on the card. Um, keep scrolling down. It, it looks like a, a decent, uh, like a, a solid card. Um, it looks like it'll be more entertaining than the Facel, and at least on paper. Yeah, possibly. This this might be more entertaining than uh the Vassell Karatanov card, but Bellator's got a card next week. Um, we won't have the UFC back until December seventh, and boy, we get to come back to uh <laughs> come back to uh what is this UFC Washington D.C. with uh Overeem versus Rosenstruck. Uh, this is a pretty good card, though. You got Stefan Struve versus Ben. Well, ours is decent. Yeah, I think that was the first fight you went to. There are, well, actually, just, good, there are actually good fights on that card. That is not one of them. Well, I'm, I'm reading them in the order that, that they they got them listed. Uh, so, Struve, Rothwell. Uh, you got Aspen Ladd versus Yana Kuniskaya. Uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Cynthia Calvillo, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I, I meant to mention this in the news, um, but Carlos Condit pulled out of the Mickey Gall fight. I think he has like a detached retina or something. So um, I don't know if Gall has a replacement yet, but so that fight as of now isn't happening. Um, but shout out to Condit, man. Hope hope you uh, hope you're able to recover from that. That's that's a need your eyes. <laughs> you need your eyes. Uh, Rob Font versus Ricky Simone. Uh, Trevor Smith versus Mahmoud Muradov, Sonya Dong versus Cody Stamen, Bryce Mitchell versus Matt Sales, uh, Courtney Casey versus uh, Vienna Jandaroba. So no, this this is actually a really good this is a really good card. Um, I think I feel confident this should help with the bounce back from these last two UFC cards. Like this is actually a pretty well rounded, even in terms of prelims and main card. Like I think this is this should be pretty entertaining. Um, so that'll be uh, on the seventh, though. Um, possibly, I don't like doing this, but I'll probably do it. Um, if there is no card next week, I wouldn't mind doing a mailbag episode. So I might have to tag some folks. Um, I might have to be annoying all week since they're. Uh, I mean, we, we might talk about the Bellator card, but that probably won't take like super long to to run through. And if I'm even able to watch one, I'll try to catch it. But. Um, you know, might might do a mailbag episode next Saturday. Haven't done one of those in a while. So if you see me tagging you, asking you to ask questions, you already know. But that's upcoming next week. Any uh, boxing going on before we move on and uh, close out? Yeah, uh, Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz too, for whatever reason. Oh yeah. So. What day is that? Hmm? What day is that? That's next Saturday. Oh. Oh no, we gotta be back next Saturday then. We gotta talk about that. Old heavyweights. Well, one old heavyweight and a younger guy who just hits absurdly hard for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Neary is on that card. Uh, who else is on that card? Uh, Brandon Figueroa, uh, Figueroa, Julio Ceja, Leo Santa Cruz. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, there was another fight. Callum Smith is fighting next week. Um, you know, top late heavyweight. Was that his weight class? Yeah, top late heavyweight. Uh, uh, sorry, super middleweight. Um, 168 pounder. Uh, he'll be fighting some dude named John Ryder. Who? Should I know who this is? Oh, he'd be uh, what's his name? Sorokin. Sorokin. 
Uh, so there's some boxing next week. There you go. Can't, uh, it'll, can't be, it'll be something. Oh, I was going to say, can't say it's all going to be good or interesting, but it's going to happen. I mean, if nothing else, I'm pretty sure the aftermath of Wilder and Ortiz will lead some kind of storyline, hopefully. Maybe. I don't know. If nothing else, we should get a fun knockout. That's that's all I can ask for. Um, but no, so we'll, we might try to do a mailbag episode next week. So, uh, you know what, I need to just message Joey now. That might be the one to bring him back on. <laughs> Have him come back when he's answer some questions. You guys will get your four-hour podcast then. <laughs> but, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll figure it out. So, we, we might be back. We, we, we should be back next week. I, I like the mailbag idea. Um, be a nice, nice, light-hearted episode. But, that's so all we, uh pretty much got for today so um guess we'll go into fight recommendations so i'm gonna kind of cheat online um because it's not a single fight um it is but it isn't um so you guys will know if you listen to this podcast i've been a big uh champion of lfa uh been watching them for a long time back to when they were separate back when it was uh, was it Resurrection Fighting Alliance and what was the other one? Uh, Legacy Fighting Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back when it was RFA and LFC, and then they combined and formed Voltron. Uh, <laughs> so, but I was bummed out when they got when they uh, were no longer on Access TV, but they got picked up by Fight Pass. Um, so the fight I'm going to mention is the headliner, which was Adrian uh, Yanez uh, versus Kyle Estrada. Um, really good main event for i guess if that was your first time being able to uh watch fight pass you saw a really good fight you saw why i'm really high on this promotion in terms of uh prospects and and things like that um but um adrian yanez won i want to say i think it was a split decision um pretty sure it's a split decision but really good fight man really good back and forth uh fight a lot of leather being thrown um so if you have well as of this morning i went on fight pass to try to watch the fight and for some reason they don't have like the entire card up they only have one fight up which isn't that fight for some reason but um hopefully i'm pretty sure eventually it'll end up on there so my fight recommendation is uh really just lfa 78 as a whole just if you if you have if you're somebody who has not been able to watch lfa because you didn't have access tv and you have fight pass give lfa a watch man it's a really good organization a lot of good prospects have come from there and moved on to the ufc or bellator and have been able to you know have some level of success so give lfa 78 a look and also on that card um (laughs) another candidate for ko of the year um, a bantamweight named Jose Johnson, uh, got a nasty elbow KO over, uh, Rafael Costa, and one of the nastiest slash scariest elbow KOs you'll probably ever see, um, caught Costa with, like, a downwards elbow, I think as Costa was kind of, like, trying to, like, go for a takedown, I guess placed the elbow right in the perfect place, and it only took one. Costa immediately just dropped. Um, his head was, like, twitching. It was really scary. 
Um, I've, but I've, I've never seen, like, a, a elbow KO like that. Like, where it's just one hit, just boom, game over. Normally, it's like a sequence, kind of like the Travis Brown situation. You get, like, three or four of them in a row. Right. He just la- Yeah, he just landed one. And it was a very scary KO. But from what I heard, like, Costa got back up. He's okay. But nasty, nasty KO. But, like, if you if you watch LFA, man, they... They consistently, at least one fight every card, you're going to get one of those, like, highlight real KOs. Um, so, my fight recommendation is LFA 78 as a whole, but uh, make sure you watch the main event, uh, Adrian uh, Yanez versus Kyle Estrada. Um, I'll, I'm, I'm a cheat, too. Mine isn't, um, the recommendation isn't. A singular fight, um, so much as a series of fights that happened on December 11th, 2010. And I'm talking about Alistair O'Reilly's run through the K1 uh, Grand Prix tournament. Mm. So his run through, like, what was it? Was it Ayrts? No. Yeah, it was Peter Ayrts, Gokan Saki, and Tyrone Spong. Um, all in one night through the best kickboxer at the time. Um, definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Like if you if you, if you're <clears throat> one of those people who never got into kickboxing or uh, never went back and watched Overeem's run through uh, kickboxing, I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. You know, back when he got in the juice. <laughs> yeah, he was he was looking real superheroish. They do not uh, test for kickboxing in Japan or well, MMA too, but they don't test like so. Yeah, go crazy. Hold up. So he beat Arts, Spong, and, and Saki. Is that more impressive, or how how would you weigh that versus uh, Andy Rissy's? <sighs> it's Rissi's tough because like so- like Saki was like so Spong is smaller than him by like a lot. Like yeah, I, I, well anybody watching the show knows how big Spong is. He's like a two hundred five er. Um. He's not even a big one at that. Um, stocky, but not big. But, um, hold on. Uh, so, like, don't get me wrong, it was still a good win, but, you know. Like, Spong had just fought that night with Daniel Gita and gone to an extra round prior to fighting Overeem. Then Overeem broke, um, Saki's arm in the next round. But like, it, it, it's really hard to judge because like he had just had the fight with Gita, hmm. so like it's super hard to. I, I will say it was more of a perfect, um, a, a perfect confluence of errors that led to that uh, to, that led Overeem to winning. Then like Overeem just being like this amazing kickboxer, kickboxer. Hmm. But that shouldn't take away from the fact that it was impressive. But it's like, okay, these guys were entering into this fight badly, badly, badly um, beat up. So, and I'm not trying to take away from either for the listeners. That, those, those are both like, regardless of the circumstances, those are incredible names to have on your list. Mm-hmm. And you beat them all in, in one night. Because even though like Gokan Saki is like smaller, that's kind of like the story. He's always been like the smaller guy heavyweight who somehow was still just like, knocking dudes out. Like, I think Saki really ever had weight advantage over anybody he fought. Um, but nah. 
Yeah, that that is a good run. And over him, he was terrifying, man. That was a. If he needs you, <laughs> like, I mean, probably still nowadays. But if he needs you back then, yeah, you were. Uh... Who's that guy he put through the ropes? Can't remember that guy's name. Yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, he. If you've watched a, a Overeem highlight reel, especially with kickboxing, you've probably seen it. You just didn't know. Who. I don't remember the gentleman's name was, but he uh, probably one of the scariest knee knockouts you'll ever see. Um, no, I like that man. You guys give give kickboxing some love. Like, don't complain about grappling in MMA or just the ground game in general. Anything that's not people being punched and kicked, or like you don't watch kickboxing. Right. Don't deprive yourself. Um, so yeah, that's my recommendation. Go watch those. Um, there you go. In preparation, those are on, those are on YouTube, right? Uh, probably. In, yeah. yeah, in preparation of watching uh, over him get knocked out by Rosen Strip. Hey man, listen, we gotta we gotta keep the faith. <laughs> yeah, although he might go see God, and yeah, it, it might be one of them. I feel like he can win, but then I say that with every over. Like, he can win, but... Can he and Willie are always, uh... Yeah. We'll see. I have one eye open during that fight. <laughs> but, uh, Yeah. So go watch Overeem's run, man. O Overeem was a really nasty, terrifying kickboxer. Um, so I guess that's pretty much it. Um, yep. Any closing thoughts before we, uh, head on out of here? Shots to the New York Knicks. Fuck them. I say that as a Knicks fan. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Yeah. I, I want to harp on this for a while, but I, I actually know. I think you were, the, were. I can't remember if I saw this from you. The the Fizdale quote about um, uh, nobody complains yeah. when James Harden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking Julius Randle is James Harden. Fizz. Do I know why I'm so upset? Fucking. We, we were up 16 points in the third or fourth quarter last night. And we, somehow, some way, Charlotte battles their way back into the uh, into the game. And they're up by one with 2.1 seconds left. After making a three uh, off an inbound play, like, with seven seconds left on the clock. So, mm -hmm. what does Fizz do? He draws up a play that is basically, we're going to leave... We're going to take out the hot hand in R.J. Barrett. We're going to take out Mitchell Robinson. We're going to put in Todd Gibson and Ellington, who hasn't played all game. And we're going to do an isolation play for Julius Randle, where he has his back to the court. So he has his back to the basket from the three-point line with 2.1 seconds left. And we're going to have him drive and see if he can get the foul. No picks. No. There wasn't even really a play. Everybody else was just supposed to get out of Randall's way and let him drive. And he can't even get, he doesn't even do that. He pulls up from behind the free throw line and air balls and air balls. It's like they were never going to call a foul on a drive on the last play of the game. And Randall's a terrible free throw shooter this year. It's like, oh, God, fizz. Like, he, he wants to lose his job. Yeah, they did, and they're probably going to look for a reason to, yeah. Perry and Mills should be fired, though. Fuck them. Fuck them all. And Dolan should be fired, even though he's the owner. Yeah, Do Do I feel like Dolan's, like, the source of everything that 
it's not just him, but I think he's a he's a huge part of why that organization has just not been good. Was it Mills? So without Mills, we in the four year like Mills for like past sixteen years, Mills has been president for like fifteen uh, for twelve, right? In the twelve in the twelve seasons he's been president, we've won like a hundred and sixty something games. He was gone for like four years in the middle of that. It, it was like around the time we had Carmelo and Sat and everybody. Everyone had about 160 games in those four years he wasn't there. Mm. So, I, I I can see what the problem is. <laughs> Listen, man, this it starts from the top. I don't know, y'all y'all got a lot of uh, in-house cleaning <laughs> that needs to be done. <laughs> Before you even get to the starting lineup and the players, like, there's probably a lot of people in that uh, I can't wait. Office. I can't wait till this summer when we sign five more power forwards. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I guess my closing thought, you know, shout-outs to Melo. He's back in the league uh, with the Portland Trailblazers. I'm not sure how well this is going to turn out. Um I'm not a Trailblazers fan, but I'll have my eyes, you know. I'll be I'll be looking to see. Be looking to see. Um looking to see what kind of role they give him, see how he's able to fit with that team, him and Dame and uh McCullough and company. Um and I guess my last closing thought, um, to my San Antonio Spurs. Um, sometime before the trade deadline, uh, sooner rather than later, um but we gotta get DeMar DeRozan out of here. Um, <laughs> he's gotta go, man. He's not it, man. He's not it. Like I'm not a big Lamarcus Aldridge fan either. But if I gotta pick between him and DeRozan, uh, who has to go? Um, DeRozan has to go. Um, for the money that we pay him, he is not producing. Um, and I know last game he had like 27, but the games before that, terrible. Terrible, terrible. Just he's he's not he's he's not worth the investment. He's not going to get us to a championship. He probably won't even get us out the first round because he's, as we saw last year when playoff time comes, he yeah, he puts himself on a milk carton. Um. Yeah, we got to get him out of here. At this point, I don't care what we trade him for. Two fifty in a bag of Funyuns. Just get, get him out of here. I don't. They said Orlando was looking at him. I don't even know what Orlando has. I don't know who's on Orlando, but at this point, I'm willing to take it. Get, get, get DeRozan out of here. He's got to go. That's all I got. Those, those are my closing thoughts. So, that was uh, today's episode of the Dojo Talk podcast. As always, give us a listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts. Send questions to dojotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. Give us a look on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page as well as the Instagram page. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. Follow the Antacool on Twitter at GC Zeus. Uh, and if you're listening, send questions in. We'll probably do a mailbag episode next week. So send in questions. If not, I'm just going to tag you anyway. So if you're listening, email a question. If you follow me on Twitter or Tumblr, send either of us a question. We'll answer it on the show. Uh, but that's all we got for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. 
And until next time, we will catch you guys later.